invite you to turn in your Bibles today to the 15th chapter of St. John's Gospel, beginning with the first verse. Reading in Jesus' name. Here Jesus is speaking. He's speaking to his disciples just before his arrest, his trial, and his crucifixion. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may be even more, that it may be more fruitful. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should, ab- should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. The gospel of the Lord. And to that we say praise to you, O Christ. Amen. Let us pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you and uh, we praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness to us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that your love for us is so great. You are such an amazing friend to us that you willingly laid your life down upon the cross for us. And Lord, uh, by grace, through faith, we are connected to you. So remind us, Lord, of what this means to be connected to you, that, that you are the vine, we are the branches. Teach us these lessons today from this this amazing, uh, really life-changing allegory. So give us eyes to see, ears to hear. May your Holy Spirit rest upon us. May your peace be here, that we would hear you and be changed by the gospel. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have a a handout today. Sometimes I'll put handouts together uh, for the congregation to follow along. Uh, This is one of those passages which contains a lot of different uh, points and stuff, and I think it might be helpful Uh, If you could follow along with me in the handout, there should be other handouts if you didn't get one 
in the uh, entryway. So we look today at this allegory of Jesus. This, this is just before uh, his, his, uh, his arrest, his trial, his crucifixion, and his death. And he is speaking to the disciples. And more than likely, I believe, they're actually walking through a vineyard um, as Jesus is, is giving this, this uh, lesson on the vine and the branches. So you can imagine it. Uh, there's probably a full moon because this, there, it's always a full moon this time of the year during Passover. And so here they are at night, full moon, and here they are walking through a vineyard and Jesus is teaching them this lesson about the vine and the branches. The point today, because you are connected to the vine, because you are connected to Jesus, you bear fruit in your life. You bear fruit in your life. And the fruit is that of love and of every other good work uh, that we have been commanded by our Savior to do. So because you are connected to the vine, you bear the fruit of love and of good works in your life. Just to understand very quickly the allegory, the vine is Jesus. The vine dresser is, is God the Father. The branches are believers, that is you. You are one of the branches connected to the vine, Jesus. You have been connected to Jesus. And the fruit is, I believe, love-motivated good works and a lot of people have had a lot of interpretations regarding that, but I believe the context of the passage points us to love, the fruit of love within our lives. So first of all, we come to the point, the connected versus the disconnected. And I was trying to think, how could I illustrate uh, the importance of being connected to something? I have sleep apnea. How many of you have sleep apnea? You want to admit it. Uh, now, some people who have sleep apnea wear, and many of them, people, many of you will not go in and, and get the test and wear the machine, but I wear the machine. And it, it took me several months to get used to this, wearing this mask on my face. And if you know the experience, you know how terrible it is to have this mask stuck to your face. But pretty soon you get used to it. And then pretty soon the mask, it, it becomes this... Uh, like this security blanket, and you can't fall asleep. You can't take a nap unless you have it on. And two times, there are two times where in the middle of the night, the power went out, and I became disconnected from my air source. The first time, we were vacationing in Hawaii. Actually, we were just right in the area where the volcanoes are happening right now. We were vacationing in Hawaii, and the power went out, and I had the worst night of sleep of my life. I could not sleep without being connected to my source of air. So imagine trying to sleep and then feeling like you're suffocating all night long. That's what it's like. The second time was the first night we moved here. So here we show up in Marysville. And for those of you who don't know, we're, we're living in our uh, travel trailer right now. My wife and I are. And uh, I was under the assumption that if there was no power, the battery would run all of the electronics and all of the gadgets in the, in the travel trailer. Well, the power went out in Marysville that night, and I was completely disconnected. And that night, too, I slept uh, with this feeling, with this sensation that I'm suffocating all night long. It is vital to be connected, for me to be connected to my source of air when I sleep. It's vital for you to be connected to your vine, to Jesus Christ. Another uh, 
vital connection I was thinking about is our, our firefighters and their need to be connected to a source of air when they enter into a burning building. Now, I was a volunteer firefighter when I lived in New York, but I wasn't a very good firefighter because when you, uh, when you go into a burning building, you need to make sure that your tank of air lasts. Mine would only last for about 10 minutes because I'm out of shape, so I would just drain that tank down. And they say, Pastor, you're never going into a burning building. And I said, thank you, because I really don't want to. So to be connected to your source of air, to, to, to maintain that source of air is vital for your survival, right? Connections are so important, and it's important for us to be, it is vital for us to be connected to our Savior, Jesus Christ. In the same way, a firefighter needs to have a connection to a source of air. We need to have a connection to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, not having that connection is deadly. It's deadly. If a firefighter loses his connection to his heir, it could mean his or her death. Connections are important. Connections are important uh, in, in family. You can destroy your marriage by not remaining connected to your spouse, right? Connections are vital within friendships. If you do not remain connected to friends, it will destroy the friendship. Connections are so important. They are vital. It is so vital for you to remain connected to your Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, John 15, verse 1, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may be more fruitful. John 15, 6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. Believers are connected to the vine and they bear fruit and they are even pruned by the vine dresser to bear more fruit. So the believer is connected to Jesus and that connection is vital and that connection provides fruit. If you have a fruit tree, go out, cut a branch off of it. Let it lay somewhere in the yard. Let it lay there. Come August, September, do you think you will find apples or fruit growing off of that branch? Absolutely not. We understand that. The branch must be connected to the, to the, to the trunk of the tree in order for it to survive. And uh, those uh, branches that are severed from the tree are taken and they are burned. Unbelievers are those who are disconnected from the vine. Those who do not believe in Jesus Christ, those without faith in Christ, are those who are disconnected from Jesus. They do not bear fruit. Actually, the only fruit that they bear is the fruit of the vine dresser's judgment. Every spring in New York, after the snow melted, our yard would be covered in dead branches. We would gather all of them together, we would put them in a pile, and there they would be burned. So here Jesus is actually using the burning of these branches as a metaphor for the day 
of judgment. And there is a day of judgment coming. And the vine dresser, the father, will gather those branches and they will be burned in the last day. It is vital for us to remain connected to the vine, to remain connected to Jesus Christ. But I ask the question, connected how? How are we connected to Jesus? How are we connected to the vine? First of all, A, connected how? You are not connected to Jesus by your obedience. That is not what connects you to Jesus Christ. It is not your obedience. You are connected to Jesus by grace through faith. And how many of you could say amen to that? It does not depend upon our obedience to remain connected. It is a gift of God's grace by faith. And it's so important for us to remember that because that, that really, this really is the vital key. As soon as we try to connect ourselves through our own efforts and our own good works, we, it's futile. It, it doesn't work and we end up frustrated and we end up in, in complete despondency. You are not connected to Jesus by your obedience, but you are connected by the grace of God through faith. In uh, John chapter 6, this is after the feeding of the multitudes, people were wondering, what do we need to do in order to do the good works that God requires of us to do? And that's a good question. It's a good question. And, and, and they're working with a certain assumption, and that is, assumption is, is that, that we have to do something good. We have to do good works in order to get into heaven. So they asked this question in, in uh, John chapter 6. Verses 28 through 29. And Jesus answers very interestingly. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? And Jesus answered them, this is so important. This is the work of God. What? That you what? What is it? That you believe. That you believe in him he has sent. That is the good work. To believe. To believe in Jesus Christ. To believe that he is Messiah, that he is Savior, that he is the one who went to the cross and there he shed his blood to wash your sins away. This is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he has sent. Then in uh, a few verses later, about ten verses later, uh, John six forty, it says, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Pastor, what do I have to do? What works do I have to do in order to be saved? Believe in Jesus. Trust in him. Rest in him. Know that he has provided for you salvation. We don't do good works to earn God's favor. We do good works because God has already bestowed his favor upon us through his son, Jesus Christ. Specifically, you are connected to the vine by the means of grace. By the means of grace. And another way we can uh, talk about the means of grace is word and sacraments. Word and sacraments. 
So you're connected to the divine by means of grace. Listen to what Jesus says in John 15, 3. He says, already you are clean because of what? The word. Because of the word that I have spoken to you. So they are clean because of the word. The word. The word of God is the primary. It is the key means of grace. You remember what Paul says about faith? Faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of Christ. You are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. God's word is powerful and effective. Faith comes by hearing. And that same powerful word is also connected to water. The word of Christ is connected to water and to bread and to wine, creating and sustaining saving faith. We need to remember it's not just the water and it's not just the bread and the wine. If it's just water and if it's just bread and wine, that's all it is, just water and bread and wine. These things are not magical. It is the word, the promise of Christ connected to these visible elements that are the main thing in the sacraments. So when the word is connected to them, they become for us a great promise which creates faith and sustains faith within us. But the bottom line is this, the word of God. The word of God, his most gracious gift, is necessary to our abiding in Christ. How do we abide in Christ? We abide in Christ by remaining connected to his word. When we are connected to his word, we are connected to Christ. And the life of Christ flows into us, and through that, we bear fruit in our lives. Word and sacraments are not your work for God. I think a lot of people are confused about the sacraments because they think, well, it's our act of obedience to God, but it's actually God's act, of obe- or God's act gracious uh, work within our lives. So it's God working, not us working in the sacraments. And it's important for us also to remember that God does not work apart from specific means. He uses human language, the word of God, water, bread and wine, to continually connect us to himself, and these are God's means of grace to us. Furthermore, see, you are connected because God has chosen you. He has chosen you to be connected and to bear fruit. He says in uh, chapter 15, verse 16, He basically says, uh, you didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and to do good works or to bear fruit. So we are not the ones who do the choosing. God is the one who does the choosing. But here's something important for us to remember. God doesn't choose us apart from his means of grace. How does God choose us? How did God choose you? God chooses us through the word and sacrament ministry of his church. You can know you are chosen today because you believe the promises of God's grace given to you in his word and also connected to his sacraments. Because you believe 
You can know that God has chosen you. You can stand with assurance. And you can continue to find that assurance. To know that your, that your election is sure because of the word of God. The promises of God. The gospel. Which says you are loved. You are forgiven. You are mine. And I have appointed you to go and to bear fruit in this world. And then D, abide in the vine by remaining in the word of God and partaking in the services of God's people. I, I have heard it so many times when I'm out and about and I'm interacting with people in the community and, and they, they will come up to me and especially in a small community, everybody knows everybody and we're constantly interacting with each other and where, where I came from in New York. And they would say, well, well pastor, I, I can go out and I can pray in the woods. I said, yeah, you can go out and pray in the woods, and that's awesome. That's great. Uh, well, pastor, I can, I can pray anywhere. And I said, yeah, you can, you can pray anywhere, and we should pray. Uh, wherever we go, we should always be a people who are in prayer. So basically, they're giving me an excuse for not being in church, or giving me an excuse for why they, they, they really don't have to go to church, because they do a lot of praying in other places. But then I say, but wait a minute. Do you hear any preaching while you're out in the woods? They say, no. I say, do you receive uh, the sacrament there? Uh, no, I don't receive the sacrament there. And then they say, oh, I get what you're saying. There's something more to it than just praying. There's preaching. There are gifts that God's distributing. The, the promise of the forgiveness of sins. The teaching of God's word. So yeah, maybe I should be in, uh, be in church then, Pastor. And I say, yeah, maybe you should be in church. You're always welcome. And then they say, well, won't the church fall down if I come in? Because it's been 30 years. It's been since my confirmation. And I said, no, come to church. Lots of sinners are there. I'm there, and I'm one of the biggest sinners of all. Come, come. It's important that we are partaking in the services of God's people. The services of God's house. And in uh, Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 25. We hear these words. Therefore brothers. Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. By the blood of Jesus. And by the new and living way. That he opened for us. Through the curtain. That is through his flesh. And since we have a great high priest. Over the house of God. Let us draw near with the true heart. And full assurance of faith. With our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful and let us consider how to spur up one another to love and good works. Not neglecting to meet together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. This is a very uh, well-known passage of scripture you probably have heard it let us not neglect meeting together God has something for us he has something for us in the services of his house his word is proclaimed the sacraments are administered he keeps us connected to himself through these services they are vital your spiritual life source is in the vine 
God has given to you what you need to remain connected to the vine. You have everything you need. You have God's word. You have here the administration of the sacraments. You have all that's needed. Do not, do not disconnect yourself from this. Because in disconnecting yourself from this, you disconnect yourself from Jesus. May we never neglect these gracious gifts of the vine dresser. The need of abiding in the vine, these verses were life-changing for me as a teenager. As I grew in my faith and as a teenager, I began to read the Bible. I began to actually open it up and read it. What a life-changing experience that is. If you haven't opened the Bible, open it up. Begin reading it. And let the Holy Spirit do a work in your life. So these are some verses that were life-changing for me um, as a teenager. Here, and this, this analogy always really touched me too because of how simple it is. Everybody can understand. Vine, branches, the branch has to remain connected. It's just so easy. John 15, 4 and 5, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And here are the words that struck me. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from him, you can do nothing. We are such self-sufficient people. Especially as Americans, right? We think that we have to do it all on our own. We build our homes. We build our businesses. We build our lives. We, we stake our claim. And we think that we are the ones who can do it. And then we apply that same mentality to our relationship with God as if we can go out and accomplish what God wants us to accomplish apart from him you can't do it you can't do it for apart from me you can do nothing and I pray that we as a congregation that we as a church would come to that realization in a much deeper and fuller way. That we here at Maple Park cannot accomplish what God has called us to accomplish apart from him. We must be a congregation, or maybe I should say it this way, we get to be a congregation that abides in Jesus Christ. And that by abiding in Jesus Christ, we will bear much fruit in this community, to be a blessing in this community, and even a blessing around the world as we have been for so long. So the fruit, the fruit of abiding in the vine. By your grace-filled connection to Jesus, this is point four, A, by your grace-filled connection to Jesus, the fruits of grace are produced in your life. It is only by this grace-filled connection to Jesus that fruit is produced um, in our lives, in our congregation, and in our community. And what is this fruit? Well, number one, I believe it's love. Love for others. It's love for others and every other good work that God has called us to do. 
We know that we're abiding in Christ when we produce fruit. We know that we're abiding in Christ when that fruit is love. Love for other people. That's what Jesus clearly taught in chapter 15. And really every other good work that we've been called to do and commanded to do. 15, uh, 12, and 13. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that someone laid down his life for his friends. First thing that comes to my mind is Jesus. Well, Jesus did it first, right? He is the one who laid his life down upon the cross for you because he loves you. His blood was shed. It was shed for you to cover your sins, to cause you to become connected to him. And through your connection to him, you too bear the same fruit in your life, Christ-likeness. And even to, to lay your lives down for each other, not just to look at yourself and to be concerned about yourself, to be inward focused, but to be outward focused, to realize that we belong to a big family here. And oftentimes, being a part of a big family means that I'm going to have to lay my life down for other people here, right? I'm going to have to lay my life down for you. So look around. Look at your family. Know that you've been brought into this, this, this family and it's a gift of his grace. And by being a part of the family, that means you need to sacrifice of yourself once in a while. To lay your life down for the benefit of your brother's and sisters in Christ. Jesus did it first. What does the Bible say? We love, why? Because he what? He first loved us. So we are motivated by the grace of Jesus Christ, the cross, the blood that he shed, our salvation, to lay our lives down for our friends. Um, number two, we have friendship with God. We have friendship with God. And I noticed some, another one that I missed, actually, when I put this together, and that's joy. So we have friendship with God, which really is our joy. John 15, 14 through 15, you are my friends if you do what I command you. And don't forget John 6, 28 through 29. He's commanded us to believe, to trust in him. Not by our works. By grace, through faith. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I made known to you. So we have this fruit of love, and then we have this fruit of friendship with God. We can know that he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We can know that, 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 um, that when he looks at us, he doesn't look at us with contempt and anger. But he looks at us with love and tenderness and he says, you are my friend. And I hope you understand what it means to live in friendship with God. To be connected to him through the word of God. To be connected to him in prayer. And to know that you can bring anything to him. You can bring anything to him in prayer. He hears you cares about you and he answers your prayers he answers your prayers really um, not according to our will but according to his will because he's a good friend if he answered all of my prayers the way that I wanted them to be answered my life would probably be a wreck right now 
right? But he's a true friend because he answers your prayers according to his will, his plans, his purposes for your life. And that brings us to number three. The other fruit of abiding in Jesus is answered prayer, is answered prayer. Number three, um, John uh, 15, 16 says, so that whatever you ask in, ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. He answers our prayers. He loves us. He wants us to go to him. He wants us to talk to him. He wants us to remain connected to him. He wants this relationship with us. And in that relationship, he works in our lives. Answering prayer, especially a prayer that is, that is really in tune with his word. Because we really can't pray very effectively apart from his word. So when we pray his word, man... What a powerful thing. So we have the fruit of love. We can add joy because that's a part of the context of this passage too. Friendship and answered prayer. But I want to close with this. How dedicated is the vine dresser? How dedicated is God to you? How patient is he? How patient is, is God towards sinners? Did you know that the fruit of abiding in the vine is a process? Some people may say, well, well, Pastor, I really don't have a whole lot of this fruit in my life right now. I feel that I'm a failure as a Christian. To that I say, welcome to the club. We all feel that way. Know that the vine dresser is very patient. He is very patient towards you because he loves you. Those who, who own vineyards to make wine, um, it can take up to a decade of cultivation by a dedicated winemaker before a vineyard even breaks even. What an investment. Think about that. Taking the cut, the cut um, branches, cultivating them so that they become a vine, waiting decades, even years, before the, the grapes even begin to really uh, produce, and then, then cultivating that for decades. And then the process of taking the grapes and making the wine and waiting for them to ferment and to age. Sometimes 20 years before a profit is made. 20 years before he actually starts uh, getting money into the pocket. Your vine dresser is dedicated you. He is dedicated to you. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I, I'm not worthy. Pastor, my, my sins are, are too great. I'm not producing fruit. I'm producing the opposite. Know that you are loved. And know that there is great forgiveness from a patient God that is available to you today. He comes to you today and he says, I love you. I died for you. And I want to begin this work within your heart today. Believe it and know it. Find peace in this reality. If you're not producing the fruit now that you wish that you were producing, God hasn't given up on you. He's patient. He's working on you. We're all a work in progress. Simply rest in him. Trust in him and believe 
his promises. Amen.